Hello and welcome to the Across the Pond podcast, the podcast that takes you through the journey of moving to the United States as a student athlete to play soccer. Hundreds of new students make this dream a reality each year, but most don't truly know what to expect. We'll talk through the highs and lows of this journey with a good laugh along the way. Big shout out to Anchor for their brilliant platform that allows us to produce our content so easily. Also a huge shout out to my man Dan Warrington for creating some awesome album art for the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Across the Pond podcast. My name is Harry Kerwin. Uh, This show is generally going to be about interviews with ex-teammates and other guys that have come over to the United States to play soccer. Um, Today I've got a really good guest, someone I spent all four years with in college, and his name is Max Bristow. Welcome to the podcast, Max. Hello, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem, mate. How's everything going with the the COVID-19? How how are you coping with all that? Um, Pretty much the same thing every single day. Yeah. FIFA, uh, eating and sleeping. You do a lot of streaming, don't you? Yeah, so uh, that's been helping a little bit, the uh, the whole streaming, playing FIFA online. But yeah, so about at least probably five to six hours of FIFA per day. does <laughs> does take its toll. Jesus, you yeah. was always mad for it though with the FIFA anyway. Yeah, I remember the uh, the first first week when I came over, I think it was the, uh, it was me, you, Christoph and uh, Ross. That little oh FIFA yeah, tournament. No, I remember, remember that. who else? Remember who else was in it? Who else is in it? It wasn't Matt, was ball, it? The bowling ball game. Oh, yeah, as well. My first ever roommate in college. Oh, so, so to put some context into that, so Max's first ever roommate, we shared like a, a four-way dorm room. Um, and it was me and Christoph, who we'll hopefully get on the other podcast at some point. And then it was Max. And then he had a random roommate who was this bowler. Like, imagine that, that, that a college sport is bowling. And he... Uh, his bowling ball used to just drop on the floor in the middle of the night, didn't it? Yeah, that was uh, it was an experience. Luckily, it didn't happen for too long as a uh, as a roommate. I'm not sure where you'll yeah. listen to the podcast, but the uh, that was a an experience of coming to Kentucky, especially with the uh, the little bottles of dip spit all yeah. over the. Oh uh, yeah, he dipped all yeah. the times in here. That was horrible. That was, uh... All right. So anyway, so first of all, where are you from originally? Uh, originally from Exeter in Devon. Uh, lived there what of my entire life. Nice. And then I uh, obviously moved over here when I was uh, 18 years old. Sounds good. Sounds good. And where did you play when you were in college? So in college, um, obviously back in England, it was Exeter College. And then when I came over here, uh, St. Catherine for the first two years and then moved to Midway when St. Catherine uh, closed. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting time of our lives for sure. Yeah. Uh, so so that's, that's cool. So, so obviously we're both English. We both came over at the same time. So it was always like a big big culture shock and we'll definitely get into that kind of thing but I want to kind of take it back to the start really maybe not the start but maybe 16 17 18 what was what was you doing what was your thoughts how did America come around just kind of talk me through that so really the the whole idea of coming over to America probably didn't happen until I would say like October November time of my uh, my like last year of college in England yeah I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do uh, in college I did I started the BTEC the uh, the old BTEC in, in sport. Um, so the issue with obviously in England is that whatever you do in college, you have to kind of do in university. Yeah. So again, for me, it really was to either go to university after and study sport there, or I really had no no idea what I wanted to do. There was uh, there was one guy from my college in England who came over to America the year before, um, and I spoke to a few lecturers about it, and they were like, "Yeah, I mean, if you want to go ahead and do that, obviously look into it." Um, so I really just looked into it and I was like, it looks like a great thing to do. Um, again, the, I think the main thing for me was the, the whole cost thing. 
the fact yeah. that there's a possibility of getting out of university after four years and not having any debt behind it. And that's probably the main thing a lot of people in England struggle with is that, yes, university is a great experience, but you're paying at least, what, nine, ten grand per year. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is a tough thing financially. Definitely, definitely. And did you, did you ever go through like the UCAS kind of thing back home? Did you ever even consider going to uni in England? Or? Uh, not really. That was, that was the thing. I kind of went through it. But as we started that, um, kind of, I did it half-heartedly. Yeah. But I think I kind of always knew that I wanted to come to America after I obviously heard the idea about it. Yeah. Um, so once I got the ball rolling with that, I think for me, it literally was go ahead and just do the American thing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I feel so it, it kind of, it was weird for me at first. I, um, I had a car and I was obviously about to start driving. And then it was a case of, right, well, you've got to try and find some money to, uh, to pay for the company to kind of get you over here. Yeah. So I had a car for about probably a couple of weeks. And then what after that, it was a, uh, I think it was a Vauxhall Corsa. Oh yeah, Vauxhall Corsa. Boy racer boy. But the thing is, I, I, so I never had any driving lessons. I was literally about to start, do it all. And then after I started to come to America, it was a case of, right, sell the car. Um, and then all the money that I saved up for like driving stuff, just put towards coming out to America. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, yeah, I mean, it's, it was still a lot cheaper to do it that way than, than go to uni. Yeah, I think it was, for me, I, I went through a company called Passer Soccer. Okay. So yeah. it was, I think it was just over a thousand pounds. Okay. To kind of get it all sorted. But again, the, the thing is people try and do it cheaper and stuff like that. But there is obviously certain companies that do it well yeah. and obviously help you out massively. Yeah. And so how did you, how did you come into contact with Pass for Soccer? Uh, it was through basically the guy that went to my college. That's okay. we've gone through. And uh, one of the lecturers that I've spoken to was like, yeah, Pass for Soccer seems like the best one. Yeah. Um, and there's also was another guy who'd played for my, uh, my local team that I played for growing up, uh, Tivert and Town. Yeah. Um, who'd been out to America, I think, for me three or four years previously. And that's a company he went through as well and he recommended them to me. Nice one. Nice one. So so talk talk to me more about the the actual pass for soccer experience. So what kind of did they do for you individually? What kind of like process did you have to go through that with them? Like when you like how did that work for you? So the first initial thing was you uh you basically apply to them. They'll kind of reach out to you, um, ask you who you've played for, kind of what your experience is. Yeah. You'll be invited to like a, a tryout date kind of thing. Was that um, cool? It was in some random AstroTurf in, uh, <laughs> I think it was near, might have been near Southampton area. Oh, okay. um, so it was a fairly early start for me. Uh, it was, I think we played two or three games. They recorded all the games. And then after that, they spoke to each player individually, kind of to go through like what they think you're likely to pay in America. Um, and that's probably what was best for me from my experience anyway, was that they were kind of open, open with me at least, but mm -hmm. they had like a, um, a checklist of where you should probably look to expect to, to pay how much per year. Okay. So they kind of, they didn't sell you were like a, a, a lie or anything. Yeah. So no, some agencies kind of be a little bit fishy with that kind of thing. So after tryout, it's a case of this is what you'll probably have to pay per year. Mm -hmm. um, this is what we think we can get you as in terms of a good scholarship. And then basically if you want to move forward from there. So I think it was, if I remember correctly, about £25 for the actual tryout. Yeah. Then after that, if you want to move forward, then you pay like the uh, the premium fee. I see. That's not too bad then. So so then once you're through, do you go, like how did you, did so my company that I went through, we played like games, we got invited to games, they filmed it, they edited it for you. But then the main one that really got me out here was uh, we did went to that David Beckham soccer dome in London. It was like a two-day tournament and it's, uh, it's where I actually met Christoph, my, my roommate. We played centre-back together. So did they do something similar like that for you 
Yeah. So what happened was they recorded the tryout. They put together like a, a highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, after that trial, I um I think had maybe three or four coaches reach out to me via email. Um, and then in the January of 2014, that's when we had the the big kind of like trial. All the coaches came over from America. Yeah. I think it might have been the same place that you went to. It was, it was near the O2 Dome. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so there was um that's where like, obviously the main kind of the ball started rolling. Then um I spoke to a few coaches that I'd spoken to via email. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, that's where I uh, first came into contact with uh, with Tim. Oh yeah. So what what other schools were looking at you as well? So the very first one, um, it was I think the very first school that I'd ever spoken to was uh, Southwestern Christian School. Yeah. Um, so Texas? when I first, it was uh, Oklahoma. 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 So I spoke to them, um, but it was uh, it was interesting because the I think that school it required you to go to church every day. Yeah, and that was when I first was like, okay, I've got to be uh, a little bit careful with some of these schools. So that's for me, that's probably where the culture shock kind of started. Yeah, the yeah. fact that some of these schools can be very, very religious. Um, yeah. So after that, there was a, I spoke to Union before my uh, my tryout, um, and then there was another one out in um, in New Hampshire. Okay. So I spoke to a few already, and then I think at the actual tryout. So at the tryout, they put everyone in one room. They said. Okay, they went through a whole list of the all the teams, and then if a coach wanted to speak to you from the uh, from the tryout that day, your name got read out. So it was a kind of a little bit like the X Factor in a way, because um, <laughs> there was there was quite a lot of kids who were there yeah. that obviously paid all this money, um, and name no, like never got read out. So oh, yeah. it's kind of like a, a little audition thing. So yeah. it must be horrible being one of them kids. Yeah, them. that's the thing. So that's the thing. At least with these certain agencies, they don't lie to you. Yeah. Where some of them are like, okay, we'll get you out here on a scholarship, no matter what. I think past soccer were kind of more like, we can't guarantee you a scholarship, but we'll do whatever it takes to help you get one. Yeah, I mean that's that's good. That's good. That's uh, sounds pretty similar to like my experience, really. And uh, so, did you meet Tim? So, so Tim Walls was our was our coach for the full four years. Did you meet Tim that day at the? At yeah, the, so the I met Tim, I met Tim that day. I spoke to on that day. I spoke to obviously Tim from St Catherine. Yeah. I spoke to a guy from Franklin Pierce, who was a school in New Hampshire, and another one was the a school down in, um, I think it was the University of Houston, Victoria. Mate, I spoke I think, to them Yeah, as well. I think so. You spoke yeah. to them as yeah. well. So those are the three guys. Um, yeah. When I spoke to Tim, I think his first question was, uh, have you ever heard of, do you know where Kentucky is in America? <laughs> and I was with my, uh, with my stepdad at the time, and I looked at him, I was like, uh, I was like, I've got no idea where Kentucky is. <laughs> gave, him, gave him the old, yeah, KFC, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, so it was... Um, <laughs> It was interesting speaking to Tim at first. You could tell yeah. how much he obviously loved soccer and uh, speaking about the program and stuff. Yeah. Um, one thing that got me was he said that goes uh, at St. Catherine were all soccer junkies. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely speaking to an American person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what you mean. The term soccer junkie, I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was interesting. Again, you, you don't really know really what to expect until you actually get out here. I think yeah. obviously you can do all the research into these schools, look online. Um, but until you get out here, you've really got no idea what to expect, which is probably the hardest thing, I think, yeah. coming over from, um, from England to America, is that whereas in England, you can go and visit all these schools before you go there. Yeah. Whereas in America, you rarely get people who can go over here and look at schools before they yeah. actually commit. 
definitely. And then sometimes, like, especially in like our situations, like, don't get me wrong, I, I love my experience, but if you'd flown me out to St. Catherine College, like, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, like, when I first got there, like, if, if I'd gone there for a visit, I probably would have been second guessing myself. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It was, uh, but that's the whole fun of it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, the unexpected. And I think, obviously, the people who we were with kind of made it, I see, a lot more uh, bearable at first, I think. Yeah, the yeah. fact that you you go into a place in the middle of nowhere, um, and I think St Catherine was literally just the college, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, the, uh, it was nothing else. There. It was a it was an it was a town, but the town it was the actual college. Yeah, maybe you still had so, to go about two miles to get to to get to. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, all we have really nearby was uh, was Springfield. Yeah, and the obviously the closest Walmart was what half an hour away. Bardstown, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember yeah. that first uh, Walmart trip as well. Everyone cramming into uh, CJ. That do you remember CJ? Yeah, the, yeah. In, in the man van. Oh, the, the man, man van. van. Yeah, there was about <laughs> ten of us in there, and we had about we had all our Walmart stuff. We all dropped about two hundred dollars in there. Um, that's funny though. So, so we kind of fast forwarded a little bit. And um, so, in terms of that, how long did it take to like make your decision? Like, obviously, you ended up at Saint Catherine. How long did that really take? And then, what kind of happened in that meantime? Yeah. So for me, um, I was speaking to Tim, um, and there was kind of the two schools I was more interested in were was Saint Catherine and Franklin Pierce. Yeah. Um, the thing was for me beforehand, um, you kind of when you go through the agencies, they tell you that the level obviously D one, D two, D three, NAIA, and for the longest time, I was like, yeah, I, I don't really want to co-play NAIA. Like, you don't have any idea about it, but it's just the kind of like, you hear about it on the news, like NCAA, stuff like that, and you're thinking yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to play NAIA, it's small school. So for the longest time, I was like, if any NAIA school speaks to me, you, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not kind of too fond of it. So that's probably the biggest change for me is that the fact the, uh, the names of the divisions really don't make a difference. Yeah. Um, so for me... I think Franklin Pierce had won like a national championship um, like five years previously. So again, if you look at the record, stuff like that, I'm thinking go to Franklin Pierce or go to St. Catherine where the previous year, I think they were what, four and 14 yeah, before it, yeah. we came out. So again, it, it's, it's really hard to base a decision off of things you see online and stuff like that. So that's probably what the tough thing was. But yeah. for me, in the end, I think it was a case of uh, kind of Tim convincing me that they had a, uh, a good program going. Um, and again, a big part of it for me was the kind of financial side of it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. you don't want to be too much of a burden on your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you are coming over here again, it's sometimes it's cheaper to come out here, but then you still, you still don't want to ask your family to be paying a lot of money for something like this. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, it's obviously a massive, a massive thing that the parents have to go through as well. Cause, um, you can't really work when you, when you're over here. It's, yeah, it's that is a big thing. You're on your own really, especially your first year. I think you can work after your first year, but it can only be on campus. So you're not really making much money there. So you've got to live within your means and you, uh, you've got to kind of do your, do your best to, to survive. And my mum and dad will probably be listening to this saying, yeah, right. We, we helped you out. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so we're in America now we're at St. Catherine. You've got off the plane. You've, you was a little bit later, weren't you? Yeah. So the, um, the issue I had was in 2014, for some reason, there was a delay on passports being uh, turned over oh, kind of, okay. I needed to get a new passport to come out here. So for me, it was a case of waiting for the, as soon as the passport came, I yeah. could go and get it, go to the airport. Yeah. So I think the the actual day that I booked a flight for, we were told to go collect the passport from a um, from a location, 
so the, the thing was we had to pray that the passport was definitely gonna be ready that day yeah because the flight was booked for that that afternoon oh mate so we dro- yeah way. we woke up pretty early drove to the the place to pick up the passport luckily it was uh and then obviously uh got on the plane to come over yeah but yeah. it's kind of a uh a nightmare first kind of week or so <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's obviously, obviously it's a, a big deal already coming over and a new environment, new, new people and stuff. But for you, it was probably even tougher because you came in and we'd already had a couple of days getting to know each other, especially the English lads that had come in. So you kind of got thrown into the fire straight away and you had to adjust nice and quickly, especially at like the heat, man, when you first come out of how hot. Yeah, that was that for me, I would say that's one of the biggest shocks. I think yeah, yeah. you can do as much running as, as you want, do as much fitness back home. Yeah. But the thing is, when you get into the like Kentucky heat, it's a whole like whole different ball game. Yeah, it's minging. It's it probably minging. takes at least a week or so to adjust to that, and yeah, yeah, your fitness levels don't live up to what you thought they were beforehand. No, no. but what was what was mad to me as well is our field wasn't even ready to train on, was it? So we was going, to, we were training twice a day, but we were driving twenty minutes there and twenty minutes back to this high school to train, like which was good to be fair because we got to train on turf. Um, but it was so hot, like even in the mornings and like in the evenings. Like, yeah, it's just the uh, the, the black rubber on the turf yeah. kind of yeah, makes it like five ten degrees hotter. And do you, do you remember Raymond? He was uh, he was one of Raymond. our teammates. Yeah. He was, uh, what, what was he doing? It was the uh, he was fasting. Fasting. fasting yeah. yeah. Fasting. So he was training and he couldn't even drink water. He was just pouring water on his head. He couldn't even drink the water until like he finished fasting. It was madness. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was dying myself. So I, I had no idea. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, it, it was, it wasn't great. <laughs> so in terms of like other shocks, like what else kind of sticks to your mind? Um, to be fair, the first, I think the first time I came over, so the first meal I ever had in America, I think I, um, I think Colby picked me up, Colby, Colby and, um, Colby and Jessup. Oh yeah. And, um, the first meal I had was Taco Bell. So Taco Bell, love again, it. That, that's probably what got me, um, liking Taco Bell to begin with but yeah, yeah the uh, the first Amer- nicely first American meal Taco Bell and it's it been a love-hate relationship with Taco Bell yeah um, but yeah so that was the first meal I had when I came over yeah they got them in England now aren't they Taco Bell yeah I think there's a few in there obviously none none down south but I think there's yeah. a few up in Manchester yeah 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 fair play fair play so so I I, I mean the, the shock like it, it for me it was just completely another world like you think you know what you're getting yourself into but you have absolutely no idea. Even like the aspect of like, like mate, we were like 19, 20 years old, 18 years old, like getting thrown into like a dorm room, like living in the same room as someone else. Whereas like if you went to uni in England, you get your own room, you get your own toilet and that. But like over it, you just like, you're sharing a bathroom. Yeah, with pe- people have no idea. Like people in England complain about being in a tiny little room, but you come to America and you're literally in probably obviously a double, double size room, but yeah. there's a random person you've never spoken to before. Yeah, even worse for me i didn't know who my room was going to be yeah they kind of they hid it from me a little bit yeah and then when i got there it was um a bowler who probably stayed timmy. up for like timmy yeah, that was his timmy. name timmy we used to shout that out i can't even that wasn't even his real name was it either oh, that I wasn't know. his real name <laughs> that's all i've got for you on that one yeah <laughs> but so it was a, it was a nightmare of that obviously he stayed up to like four or five a.m playing call of duty on his tv oh yeah how uh, many tables are turned with you now though streaming yeah stuff. i know that's the thing it's changed <laughs> around so so in terms of like coming over another big shock is the fact that you're like a student athlete like going to uni in england if you played like for your footy team it's not it's more of a social aspect than anything in it like you, you're drinking with your teammates after on like a wednesday night not to say we didn't do that 
but like it's it is like a social aspect of university experience yeah i think that's the biggest thing i spoke to a few people when they're like um in america you go to college because of a sport yeah in england you go to a university because of a degree you don't uh, you don't pick a set i mean some people might do because of some schools might be better at football um but the thing is in america really is all determined on if you play a sport it's yeah. determined on basically what, what college you go to really yeah, if you're an athlete, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, most people we did come into contact with St. Catherine, I think they're like, I don't know what the actual percentage was, but most people were athletes. Yeah, which is probably why the school is not open anymore as well. Yeah. <laughs> so like, obviously, for, for people in England, it's kind of strange because you, you, first of all, you have you have your major, so like what you're studying. So what you study business and ministry. Yeah, business, yeah. yeah. So that's what we both had the same classes for the most most part. But what you also have is you have like electives, which are basically like for people, people listening who don't understand electives, you basically get made to do like maths, English, science, like religion classes. Like it's like you're being in secondary school, like not like pre GCSEs kind of stuff, like just random, random classes to get yourself credits. I think that's kind of stupid in my opinion. Yeah, it was um, definitely something that I wasn't expecting. I know coming over to America, you've got to do the SAT yeah. Um, and obviously that involves English and math stuff like that. But obviously going from, like I said, doing a uh, doing a BTEC, that should be it. You got tested on it. Why yeah. ask you to study about it? Imagine. Obviously not having to, not having to do English or math since like probably what 15, 16 years old. So then going <laughs> oh. back to college and um, going and doing that. But yeah, I mean, mate, you know what I've just remembered. <laughs> do you gonna... remember we took college algebra? Yeah. We, Some, we were both I'll, like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna nail it. And then we got that first test back, didn't we? What did you I got thirteen out of a hundred. That's I think we I, I think we both got the same score, yeah, I think. Right, yeah. <laughs> we each other. We couldn't thirteen percent. Thirteen percent of the whole test. Oh that's shocking, isn't it? That, that um, was like an easy first test as well. Yeah, it was uh it was it was interesting. Yeah, that was that was struggles. I remember that. That was that was horrible. But actually I was gonna mention a different story. The um do you remember the I think were we in the first English class together? Yeah, with the, with the um, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, one, so whatever. That's what I mean. Some of the classes are a little bit suspect. The um, I remember having to do a um, was it the Halloween campfire story? In front oh, of the whole yeah, class. yeah. They, so with it, the turn the lights up in the classroom, the the candle lights and everything. Yeah, and you've got to go up from the classroom and read out a story. Um, and yeah, it's hard telling people back home that you're going to university, but you've got to do like a campfire story oh, when you're doing a business degree. I did yoga classes as well. Yeah, and yoga classes, yoga one, yoga one, and yoga two. Yeah, yeah, that was basically. It. <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Uh, remember when he said Fanny? That English teacher. He said the word Fanny, and me and you were pissing ourselves laughing. Yeah, and we were giggling, and he stopped the class and was like, "What's so funny?" And we had to like explain in the middle of the class what we thought was funny. Yeah, to be fair, the worst thing about that guy was that he, because he knew we were from England, yeah. every time he'd be like, oh, I've seen this film. I've watched this, read this book. Do That's you know this guy?" Yeah. It's like, well, no, you're about 50 years old. I've never heard of what you're in about. No, I'm here to play soccer and uh, get my yeah. business degree. Sorry, mate. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's some interesting classes you've got to do. And that's probably the, a big thing that I never thought I'd have to do. Oh, yeah. Like a, like a yoga class whilst doing a business degree. Mm-hmm. I think if you tell someone back home that that's what you've had to do, they're like, nah, you're lying. What yeah. are you on about? It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. But it is, it's interesting. I mean, the fact that we had to do math and English again, it was um, was a bit annoying, but... I mean, got there in the end. Yeah, we got there in the end. All right, so we've kind of we've kind of talked over the 
the the funny aspect of being like a student athlete and obviously we miss we miss a lot of classes and you do a lot of traveling as well like that's that's kind of hard to to kind of adjust to as well like how did you find that the the biggest thing i think for me was the how small the vans and stuff were oh, mate, they, were they were they were cramped and i mean you that's the thing when you're in england and you come up to america you see all these recruiting videos of all these big stadiums and stands with like thousands of people in guys getting on these like ch- charter planes and going out to games across the country and then you come out of here and you've got like 20 wrestlers in the stands rowdy um, wrestlers at that. yeah rowdy wrestlers and it, it is um again it's a culture shock you yeah. kind of everyone in it, everyone when you come out here thinks oh well you must be like playing in front of all these people stuff like that and especially at st catherine yeah it's not like that no it's, it's not like that I was, uh, I was working in a bank last year and uh, I was working with a guy called Billy Congleton, shout out Billy Congleton. Um, and his, uh, his mum remembers, I, thought I was speaking to her um, one time at an indoor game um, and his, his mum remembered St. Catherine and she was like, yeah, I remember how awful them fans were. They were shouting so much abuse at all the players and we had, to, we had to report them. And I was like, oh my God, we were loving that. That was like the best part about the home games. Yeah, I remember it was, um, they got hold of the, the rosters, didn't they, of the other team? Yeah, yeah. Give me and me. they would go through and basically call out people's, people's names and be like saying stuff about their mum and stuff like this yeah. and like about their girlfriends. It was... Um, Obviously, it was great for us, a home field advantage, yeah, but it, it was uh, <laughs> it definitely helped us, I think. Yeah, that's that. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, so, so obviously, we've, we've touched on St. Catherine, but then obviously, we have to talk about it. The, the end of the sophomore year, where, where were you when you found out the news? Um, I think, again, for me, whenever I went home in the Christmas and that summer, obviously, I uh, had to earn money somehow, yeah. um, and I worked at McDonald's. Yeah, back yeah. back in England, the uh, the entire way through. So I think, I think I was probably halfway through a shift at McDonald's, halfway through um, scooping up fries and uh, <laughs> making them nice, warm and crisp. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw a text on my phone. Yeah, I saw a text, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like, because again, we were we were told obviously in the spring, uh, "Don't worry about anything; you'll be fine." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you basically yeah, you, the school shut down. Yeah, it was mad. So it's kind of like, luck. So luckily, I um. I spoke to my uh, my muck manager, and yeah. um, they let me have a few days off from work to kind of work it all out and uh, get it all figured out. But yeah, it was um, it was a crazy time. Uh, again, how often do pizza someone's school shut down? Yeah, it's, like, crazy. it's actually it's actually uh, happened, it's happened a, a few times, times, isn't it? Yeah, the, the one closed down yesterday, mate. Um, Urbana College. Urbana, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's happening a lot more, but that's probably more an expedited kind of thing due to coronavirus and that. But yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. Not, not many people go through that. It was it. I was I was on a break at work myself. I just got an email, and what happened was, you know, like the chronological order of your emails. I'd got the first email saying like school had closed down. But then, like, I got other emails from other coaches saying, like, do you want to come and play for us? And I was like, what? Why are they emailing me? Like, so I finally get down to, like, my that first email I'd received. And I was like, oh, my days. And that was like a 15-minute break at Tesco. So I've, I've, read, I've read that, having my Kit Kat. And then I've had to go down to work for another four hours just going, what is going on? My, my college in America's closed down. I couldn't believe yeah. it. It, it was uh, – honestly, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so if I'm being honest – to, to be quite honest, mate, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in terms of my Yeah, no, definitely. I, I know there's a, there's a lot of people out there who went to St. Catherine and they, um, they said they loved it um, and they really miss it. For me, 
though moving to Midway, uh, having our own like apartment, stuff like that. Um, I don't think it could have gone any better, really. Oh, mate. Um, we, we literally went from the middle of nowhere to living in the middle of Lexington, which is where the University of Kentucky is. So to put it quite frankly, we've gone from, we've gone from absolutely nothing to do to absolutely anything we wanted to do, which you, you, can, you can imagine like the, the culture shock in that sense was brilliant for us all. But we had our own apartment. We weren't even living on campus. We just literally had our own life off campus, didn't we, really? Yeah, no, it was ideal. And again... Obviously, thank God it all worked out. But yeah, it was a it was a, it was a tough couple like kind of couple of weeks after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to kind of explain, Midway University is is twenty minutes outside of Lexington. Um, there was an all girls school, um, and they actually turned co-ed and took on all the student athletes from St. Catherine, thankfully, and actually probably again, like I said, probably the best thing that could have ever happened. Met my girlfriend. You met uh, oh no, you met Claire at St. Catherine. Yeah, I met my wife at St. Catherine. Yeah, yeah, your wife. So um, so it was it was great for me like I mean we just went from absolutely like kind of not enjoying like other aspects obviously loved the soccer but like after that like when the soccer yeah was- no the the toughest thing really that I mean I think people who have been there before us have said to us was that in the spring you've really I mean it you do kind of play a little bit but in the spring it can be really tough yeah definitely. um again that's probably another shock for me the fact that you only play kind of football or soccer for like two or three months and then you're done for the whole year yeah, at best, at so best. that's the thing you're you come over here to play to play a sport yeah. but then after like pro november time you're done for the whole year mm-hmm. again you do get lucky you play two or three games in the spring but apart from that it really is just kind of okay you're done that's it yeah yeah so let's so let's take it back to the soccer let's let's talk me through we've, we've kind of skimmed over four years worth of footy there um, freshman year, we had a really good year. We got to the conference final, lost to Lindsey Wilson two one, um, and we'll go over we'll go over what happened the game before that as well. Um, but first of all, what is like your most memorable game that you had when you were out here in the states? Um, for me, for like a, a personal thing, my kind of favorite goal I ever scored, I think, might have been against uh, Point Park. Yeah, I think my I think junior year. Um, again, the best thing over here about the uh, the gold, basically the golden goal. Oh yeah, yeah. To score one of those, I don't think you kind of can compare that feeling. No. Um, but now we did have again freshman year for me. Again, it was a it was a great year, and we did have some kind of great games with other teams. I think I think beating Camelsville, that was uh, definitely up there. Goal at the end. Yeah. So there was there was some good games we did yeah. play. Definitely. So, so I referred back to the Lindsay Wilson game. We lost two one in the final. Probably on paper had no right to be in that final, but what an unbelievable year we had. We had an unbelievable team, in my opinion, uh, that year. Um, but let's go back to the semi final against Cumberland's Tennessee. Talk me, talk me through what happened there, mate. Yeah. So again, the, I think the biggest thing for us that year, we like I said, the previous year St. Catherine went four and fourteen. Yeah. So I don't think anyone expected us to be even that close. Um, to the conference tournament final. Um, but no, the, obviously the semis, I think it was probably, I think at the time it was 2-0 two, two on the game. Yeah, we are winning 2-0. Yeah, 2-0. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm just running on the turf. My, I try and turn and uh, my foot got caught in the turf and basically snapped my ankle. It, again, it is, I don't wish it upon anyone, but it, it was uh, it was horrendous. Um, from, from what I remember, it was a case of, yeah, trying to turn, my foot gets caught on the turf, ankle snaps. And um, 
I mean, it sounds funny to me saying back at the bar, I was like shouting at the ref, like ref, ref, I broke my leg. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it again, like, what else can you do at that time? I think the ref like, looked at me and was like, are you joking? Because the ball wasn't even near me though. Yeah. The ball wasn't near me. I'm like, basically screaming, ref, ref, I broke my leg. And then it, yeah, after that kind of went by fairly quickly, but it, it was horrendous. Yeah, it was I, horrendous. Remember, I remember it so clearly. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you was in agony. It was crazy. But I, I, what I remember more is, um, I think it was like the day after you got back from hospital, you was in bed. And I guess like you had the operation, obviously. Yeah, so luck, luckily, I think, I'm not sure what it's like in England, but luckily the operation, I think it was like, I think it was like one or two days after. Yeah. Um, so operation went fairly well. Um, obviously was given the pain medication, stuff like that. And they said, oh, don't take the pain medication until like four or five hours later. So I'm finding it back in, get back in the, my apartment or not in the, back into the dorm. And then I think probably about four or five hours later, I'd taken some medication. And then all of a sudden, uh, it was just, I think, honestly, the pain after surgery is probably worse. Yeah. And um, obviously breaking my leg because obviously they, well, they're still in there right now, but obviously having the, the metal plate on my ankle, like the six screws in there. Yeah. Um, the pain from that just hit all of a sudden and again it, it was it wasn't great it wasn't yeah. great well, well the thing is like as a student athlete in another country like if, if an American kid had broke his leg like there's no way he's going back to his dorm room and just like hanging out after he's going home and his parents are going to look after it but you literally like it was not far before Christmas either was it so like you, you were yeah like, I think it was yeah mid-November time so again it's still like a month away till going home yeah. but look, you're in the dorm room like you haven't got anything you haven't got anyone really to look after you I think we did an all right job looking after you but that, I remember that night when you was like screaming in pain and we, yeah, yeah, and we just felt helpless man we didn't know what to do yeah like, so I think, we, what, I think what happened they called the ambulance didn't they so an ambulance came to actually to the dorm to come get me after the uh, after the surgery yeah um, but yeah I, I don't know what, what why I was in so much pain again. I, I took the medication and everything like that, what they told me to. Yeah. Um, and obviously I had to go back to the hospital. I think I was on, I can't remember what they put me on for that night, but obviously luckily after that, it kind of it went away, but yeah, yeah okay. I was not expecting it. Again, you, you go from breaking your leg to being in absolute agony, yeah. having the surgery, you're kind of feeling good. And then all of a sudden it, the pain comes back and uh, literally nothing I could do about it. Oh man, I, I, mean, I remember it. I remember it clearly. Do you remember, do you remember your birthday freshman year? Yes. <laughs> you remember what we did? Uh, freshman year. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, uh, I think the funny thing for me is I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I had no idea. The, uh, the flower piñata. And not, oh, not, like yeah. not like a nice smell flower, like a, a bacon flower. And so, then... So we, we, every, like, freshman year, all the English lads, we were all trying to, like, come up with pranks for each other on a birthday. Obviously, the other side of the world for your first birthday away. Um, so we, all, we decided we were all going to try and prank each other on our birthdays. And I think Max was actually the first first victim of this. So what we'd done is we got a pinata and we blindfolded him. And he thought that obviously sweet like candy was going to come out of it. But we filled it up with flour. So he's nailing it blindfolded thinking, brilliant, I've got, I'm getting some... Uh, get some candy out of this and flour is absolutely everywhere. I think when we cleaned out the freshman, the freshman, like the room at the end of our freshman year, we were still finding flour everywhere. Wasn't we? The, uh, the worst thing about that is that again, we cleared most of it away, but for at least probably a month after that, I'd wake up every morning after going to sleep and I'd be like coughing in the morning with like flour in my lungs because it was still just floating in the, in the air. It, it was, it was honestly horrible. We, we had some funny ones though to be fair I don't know if you, we even ever told you but Brad he, he shat in a bag 
and put it in your air vent um, into your room. And Christoph kept saying, oh, it stinks of, it stinks of shit in our, in our room. So it vented and it come into back into our room. And I was part of it. I knew it was going on. And I was like, why is our room stinking of it? So we had to take it out. But that was like, Brad just ran. Yeah, so I, I never knew about that because it must have not worked at all then. It didn't work. It, it, vet, yeah. it came into our room. So we were like, whoa, this stinks. And like, like Brad's laughing because he was in a different dorm room and the Christoph's going, what's going on? And I'm the one thinking, oh, this is going to be hilarious. Onto Max. And uh, no, it ended up backfiring, literally backfiring yeah. onto us. No, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad about that one. Again, I don't mind, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the flower, but. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that, was, that was not ideal, that one. Um, so, so obviously, is there any other kind of like big things that stick out to you in terms of soccer? Um, I think mainly for me, I think probably sophomore year, I think was probably one of the most disappointing seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we, had a, we had a pretty good team that year. I mean, obviously, we, we lost the likes of Ashley yeah. and CJ. Um, but again, second, the sophomore year, I feel like we should have done so much better. I, I don't know what really happened that year. Um, complacent in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we went from first year kind of being underdogs and being able to um, kind of surprise people yeah. until then sophomore year kind of, yeah, I'm not really sure what happened. I don't know whether it's the kind of loot. Obviously, Ashley was a big part of it, being the captain and obviously being able to speak to all us English guys and help us through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, sophomore year, I think was a, was a big disappointment. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. But I think uh, going back to that, I think we we're really lucky to have Ashley in the team our freshman year and uh, have someone like who was a senior who, who had been through them like three or four years at St. Catherine kind of kind of taught us how to, to cope with it. Um, and I think we all actually took a lot from Ashley leadership wise, playing wise and, and obviously how to cope with St. Catherine. But ultimately, we, we got a much nicer ride than he did with our second like last two years do you have, yeah, any, no, do you have any good memories about like your, your junior and senior year like any any thoughts on that soccer wise um i think the junior year was a again i don't think much was expected of us anyway i mean it was kind of a, a ragtag full of play i mean we what, had five or six of us from, from st catherine yeah obviously the guys from talladega come in um obviously christian nelson and paul yeah um so again i think junior year was obviously an improvement um Again, maybe the team wasn't as good as it was sophomore year. Yeah. But I think we kind of did better, in my opinion. Um, and then obviously senior year, I would say senior year is up there with freshman year. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously being able to get to the uh, the conference final again. Yeah. Um, yeah, the right to be there. Yeah, maybe some of the results didn't go away that year. We didn't. We could have done maybe a bit better in a few games. Yeah. Um, but I think being able to go go take obviously West Virginia to the penalties. Um, and we were that close to winning it. Oh, mate, we were so close as well. We, we could have, we could have done. And we went up in that penalty shootout as well. Yeah. And we were hosting because we were second seed and West Virginia were third seed. So they beat Rio, who were one seed, and we ended up hosting. And it was an absolute mud bath of a field. Yeah, that's that's probably what. Looking back at it now, we see in the how good Midway's field is right now. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, close. <laughs> but I remember you saying the other day, you were saying if the uh, if the field was as good as it was. Back then, then we probably wouldn't have got that far. <laughs> well, no, but I also think the field suited the English style of play. Like whether, yeah, no, whether Tim wanted it or not, he obviously recruited a lot of English guys. But whether he wanted it or not, we adopted that roughneck kind of gritty English style of play, and and it worked at home at least. But when we yeah, got no, definitely, definitely teams, they, we we kind of got exposed um, at, at times. But then we went and got and beat Union. Um, nationally ranked team what a goal by Callum Kemp Brad Wilson scores a corner yeah that, that game I... oh mate unbelievable unbelievable there's, there's been there's been a few games that we've like, have been unreal like that yeah 
yeah, yeah. But there's some been bad, been some bad ones as well. Do you remember the first game of senior year? Yeah, that that's up there with um, probably one of my my least favorite games. Yeah, for context, we lost ten nil and we got absolutely battered. Like there's no. Yeah, um, and uh, I missed I missed the penalty that game as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> luckily, everyone forgets about that. Yeah, yeah, luckily there was ten other goals that happened. The, fa- the fact that we let ten in kind of takes away from me missing the penalty. Yeah, but that says a lot about the team. Like considering we lost the first game ten nil and then got battered the second game as well four nil. And then we went on yeah, to the was... conference final. That's huge, I think, in my opinion. Like we, we yeah, turned... no, big turnaround then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so let me ask you this: What's your thoughts on the coaching? Like, not in not in terms of terms of was it good or bad, but like was it, was the style differently? Maybe was it good or bad? Like, what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, again, for me, coming from obviously being in like a an adult kind of football environment back home, yeah, it's a little bit different coming over to kind of essentially not going back an age group, but Whereas in England, you kind of go from U16, U18 slash like men's football. Yeah. Then over to America where it's kind of, I would say about U22, U23, kind of no one's older than that really. No. Um, so again, it maybe wasn't as like strict and like, um, I would say enforcing. Like again, back home in England, I was used to a few, uh, the, the odd coach f- f- throwing a few swear words in there every now and again. And I think for me growing up in England playing, it you kind of you were used to that anyway um kind of not berating but like coaches swearing at you and like but it was seen as encouraging yeah i think yeah. tim was a lot more not more, a lot more laid back regarding that um so that's probably where i'd say it's kind of a lot different is that in england you're used to coaches kind of swearing and shouting at you whereas tim was a lot more kind of relaxed about it all yeah um so that's probably the, the main difference for me uh obviously it was great having obviously the english coaches there as well Again, just because they kind of Simon and Josh have been through it yeah, like yeah. we had, so kind of could relate to us a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think it kind of it did work well. Obviously, Tim having the English coaches there as well, yeah, helped them out. Definitely, I, I have to say, Tim Tim was really good at hiring assistant coaches. Like the the assistant coaches we had, um, even shout out to Paulie P. Um, that was always funny funny being in the in the van with him. But yeah, we were really lucky with having Simon Bird and Josh Mulvaney both like unbelievable players like, I remember just watching him in training going oh my days like imagine him in his prime yeah no Simon was a uh, he would literally just jog around and get the ball and then like chip chip one of the keepers and you'd just be like how's he done that and he, <laughs> he just walked back to his own half after yeah, cocky is that. Like, <laughs> so so we talked a lot about soccer and um, but I want to kind of step away from that because ultimately that's like three or four months of the, of the season. Obviously, you've got your spring season as well, but there is a lot of other time to do a lot of other stuff. And I think we did a pretty good job um, like of that. So like, obviously, we got to see some pretty cool places on our like soccer trips, but also we went on spring break a couple of times and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, you've been in America for now, what, like two years since we graduated? Yeah, so yeah. six years, six years nearly now. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's like the, like the best place you've visited in America? Um, for me, I think... Yeah, whilst being in college, I think you gotta look at like St. Louis is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I did enjoy going to like Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Um, apart from that, we kind of went through a few places, but we never really went to big cities apart from that. Yeah. So for me, whilst in college, I say versus St. Louis and then um, Pittsburgh. Yeah. And what um, about outside of soccer? Outside of soccer, again, I live like probably just over two and a half hours from New York City, so oh, nice. being able to go to New York is um. Obviously, what a lot of people come over here for in, in the first place. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and obviously down to uh, down to Florida for the odd spring breaks. We had some good times down there. They were they were interesting, yeah. Oh man, that freshman year trip. Oh my days! Like that was <laughs> like to to put some perspective on things. Like everyone goes on about spring break, and like we didn't get there on a busy week, and it was still madness. Like we yeah. weren't we weren't there on the week when all the big schools were there. We were there when it was all smaller schools, so it wasn't as busy. But we found a way to make it a, a hectic one, didn't we? Yeah, no, definitely helped with the uh, the group of guys we went with. Um, yeah. Ben obviously being able to repeat it freshman and senior year, it's kind of um, like a, it, it was good how it worked out the way. Yeah. Obviously being being at the same place freshman and senior year. Yeah, senior one was good as well. Yeah, we had. Yeah, no, definitely. That was a good group because it was just all this guys and then Kyle, all the English guys and then Kyle, Kyle over there who's loving life. Yeah, no, nah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, so, so what like kind of so obviously trying to give it up some more perspective. What kind of stuff would you say you enjoyed doing the most outside of like when you were playing soccer? Like what kinds of things are different to America that you could do here um, that were probably different that you, you're not, you're thinking to myself, I'm ne- I would have never have done this if I wasn't in America or Kentucky or whatever. I'd probably say up there with like the, obviously, again, I would say the uh, like Kentucky Derby, stuff like that. But again, there's a lot of horse racing back home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just think like the American sports we could go and see. Yeah. Um, like the, obviously like college bass, we'd go and see Louisville. Yeah. Um, I think must have been, Within our first month, we went to go see Louisville f- play football against Miami. Yeah, when Steve Packer year. played in it. Oh, no, it was Orlando, wasn't it? Orlando? What, didn't we go when we expected to see, like, Kaka? And he didn't even turn up? I can't remember that. Oh, no. I, I, maybe don't, I don't remember that one. No. But, yeah, so there was... I mean, it's a kind of seen the American sports, stuff like that. Um, that's the thing. I wasn't... I wouldn't say there's too much that we could have, we did that we couldn't really have done back home in England. It's yeah. just probably the American sports um, and probably the amount of fast food places around yeah. and like restaurants we went to. Yeah. It was kind of like a, uh, a weekly thing that oh, I do want to go to like this place or that place. Yeah. Whereas if I like back home, you don't really do that as much. No, there's not as many fast food restaurants in England as there. No, but yeah. I mean, again, apart from that, I mean, there's a few things we did, but like end of the day, I think we would put in the same thing if we're back home in England. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, let's fast forward a little bit more now. So you've graduated college <clears throat> uh, with your business administration. Did you have a minor in sports? Management? I did minor in sport. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got that. By the way, our graduation was probably one of my favorite ever days in America, by the way. We had yeah, no, that was my it. family was here, it. your family, yeah. Brad's family. Is that, was that it? We had Kyle's mummy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was it was great to have my parents over here and like yeah, them to finally experience what I've been through the past kind of couple of years. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah, just so I haven't just got to explain it to them, they can see for themselves. Yeah, definitely. So that was a great thing. Yeah, it was good to celebrate with all because we all started together, didn't we? So it was good to kind of finish out like we're all the St. Catherine boys who came over, and we got to we got to have a full day day session and. All the families were together, and then we all end up going out at night as well. It was, it was a good, it was a good day, and up for me, one of my favourite days in in America by 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 a long yeah, way. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, let me let me let me ask you this: what what are you doing now? Talk me through what you what you're doing now. So, since I graduated, I um I now coach for GPS Albany, uh, obviously up in Albany, New York. Yeah. Um, again, Albany, whilst it's the capital of New York City or New York State, it is um nothing like new york city so again most people i've spoken to especially down in kentucky are always like oh you're up in new york you must love it again i, I love it up here um but i would say it's, it isn't too different to um to kentucky where i am right now yeah um but yeah obviously right now i'm coaching a u12 boys team 
and a U14 boys team and a, a U15 girls team, nice. um, as well as coaching in high school as well now. Yeah. So that's been good it? for me. I, I, I do enjoy it. Again, for me, people always say, obviously, coaching is the next best thing to play in. It, it kind of does differ a little bit because, again, you want to see development in players and you want to kind of help them improve. So it's hard to not be kind of too... Um, too caring about each result yeah, yeah whereas in college and stuff again you love winning and all about being competitive so yeah for me that's probably where the um the high school stuff is a bit closer to kind of playing because again every single game and result matters yeah whereas when you're kind of coaching more younger teams again obviously who doesn't want to win but obviously you want to kind of make sure that winning is not just the uh, be all and end all yeah yeah, yeah I, get, I get exactly what you're saying. I'm, I'm coaching myself now and separating yourself from, I'm, I'm actually te- uh, coaching in college, so it's a little bit different. It is a bit more results-based. Obviously, we're still developing, but it, it's more, more can we win as opposed to development in terms of we should be knowing what we need to be doing. Can we just do what we, we need to do at this point? Um, but but I, I definitely understand what you're saying, especially like with coaching, with the younger ages over here, it's kind of completely different. They don't have like the youth teams um the same kind of system it's 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 expensive as well for, for yeah that's the biggest thing i found is that um again I, I i it's kind of you are limited to um who can really play soccer in america yeah. compared to back home kind of again it doesn't matter how wealthy you are back home everyone kind of plays football when they can afford to yeah whereas over here it really is kind of people are priced out but i know there is um obviously people can get scholarships and stuff like that to play for certain clubs but it really is that if you can't really afford to play for a club, you've got to play probably a lesser team and you're not getting the same level of coaching, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it all, all comes down from the fact that in America, I think people value the time a lot more. Um, whereas back home in England, most coaches are volunteers. Yeah, most coaches are volunteers, especially growing up, most coaches I have, yeah, they sure. were all, they're all volunteers. Whereas over in America, you do get that, but only at the smaller clubs. Mm-hmm. Again, it is, it is a business. Yeah. Most clubs are business over here, which is um, probably the main difference, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Obviously, obviously, the motivation was to stay in America, not not in terms of marriage, but in terms of after you finish graduating. Like, obviously, we want to stay over here. We spent four or five years over here now, and we we want to be here. Like, what was what was your driving? What was your driving force to want to stay here? What made you want to stay in America? Well? Um, the main thing for me really was was probably Claire, in my opinion. Yeah. Again, I think apart from that, I mean, I would say there probably is more opportunity stuff in America yeah. to, uh, for jobs and stuff like that. Um, but again, you do miss out on a lot of things staying over in America. Um, again, if I wasn't with Claire, I don't think I would have stayed out after in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think again, being out here, you do miss up, miss out on a lot of stuff back home, especially continue to play football at a decent level. Yeah, definitely. That is one big thing you kind of have to sacrifice if you are going to stay in America. Yeah. Again, even when I first came out here, it was the fact that, Originally, it was the case of being here for four years, go back, and then continue to play. And it was never, in my opinion, never my idea to kind of stop playing football at a decent level at the age of 22. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You kind of do have to give up that. Um, and again, right now, it really is tough, especially being an international guy in America, yeah. to meet new people and stuff like that, especially in the, uh, in the line of that like, job you're in. Um, luckily for me, most of the guys I coach with or have coached with, I've been kind of foreign guys already and they've kind of been in the same position as me. Yeah. Um, but it really is hard to kind of meet people outside of like where you work and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. And, and that's difficult for us because all the people we know are, are back home. <laughs> so, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's weird how that, how that kind of 
kind of goes. But if if you had uh, if you had to kind of sum up like your American journey up to this point so far with like a lesson like a lesson learned, what would you say you come away from it all with? Um, just make sure you don't leave things to the last minute and kind of make sure you, you do get stuff done while you can. Yeah. Um, again, there's been times where you kind of you leave things to the last minute and then you, you get to it and you're like, I wish I'd done that sooner and get out of the way. Yeah. I think even with not just say schoolwork, stuff like that, just making sure that you're on top of things yeah. um, and you're not kind of panicking and rushing around the last minute, mm-hmm. especially like, even before I came out to America, the whole trying to get my visa and passport sorted. Yeah. Again, it did cause issues then and even come down the end of the other line, it's a case of just making sure all paperwork stuff like that is, is done. There's a lot of it as well, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Especially even even the first time I came back up to America, the um my uh I do kind of tease my mum about it a little bit. When she uh when she booked my first flight back out to America around Christmas time. Yeah. Um I flew into JFK in New York. Oh I she, it, yeah, yeah, she hadn't realized that uh the the connecting flight was from a different airport in New York down to Louisville in Kentucky. Nightmare. So but before that even had happened is that I forgot one of the bits of paperwork I needed to get back into the country. Oh. I'd forgotten my I-20 to get back in because I never thought I needed it. I never thought I needed it. No one ever told me, yeah, you need your I-20 to come back in. So already I was um, kind of delayed getting through the uh, the customs and stuff. Um, and at this time, obviously, this is probably like two months after I broke my legs. So my, my legs are on the boot, yeah. trying to like waddle through the airport. I get there and the guy's like, have you got your I-20? And I kind of looked at him and was like, no, I don't. And he's like, right, come with me. So I had to go to the um, the infamous like little like interrogation room, go in there. The luckily, you get the rubber gloves on. Yeah. So luckily you just, you just sit there and you're, <laughs> you're, you're hoping everything's okay. Like you're looking around all these like suspicious characters and you're, yeah. you're like, uh, can, I get, can I get through here? Yeah. So it, oh, luckily everything goes fine. But I'm looking at my watch and... Um, Obviously, I think the next airport was like 20 minutes away. Oh, and it was literally like about half an hour to the next flight until it leaves. Yeah. So I'm sat there panicking, like, well, what the hell do I do here? Um, and obviously, I'm like, okay, well, I just hope that there's a taxi outside that will take me to the next, uh, to the next airport. Yeah. I get there, and um, the, the line for the taxis are like 20, 30 people long. And um, like honestly, I was I was close to uh, close to crying a little bit, like yeah. just so stressed yes, out, yes. my like, legs still in pain. I'm like, what the hell do I do here? Like my first time, like flying back into America, like I have no idea what I'm doing. So um, this is like some random bloke comes up to me like in a full black <laughs> full black leather trench coat. Yeah, he's like, hey man, do you do you need a ride? And I was like, um, y- yeah, <laughs> that are uh, follow me. So some random guy, like again, the full black trench coat, like down, like leather trench coat down to his ankles. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like what you see in films. People are like getting kidnapped, stuff like that. But I was like, I've got no options here. Desperate times. Got no options. Yeah. I uh, takes me out to the to the car park. Um, and he's like, leads me to this like blacked out Range Rover, like four by four. And I'm like, oh, this is getting even worse. Getting even worse. So the driver gets out, gets out the car. He's like give me your bags, give me your bags. Like, give him my bags, put some in the back, and I go sit in the back seat, get in the car. This guy's not even got, like, um, even the Uber thing or anything. No. Like, it's not, there's literally a random car, a random guy. 
So uh, I get in the car and he's literally got like, yeah, again, no, no navigation, nothing on. Drive me to the next airport. And I'm like, literally, what the hell is going on here? Like sweating in the backseat. Yeah. It's like, I could, I could, this could go anywhere. You being like, busy? Take, it's like taking, yeah. It, 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 I, didn't say, I didn't say a single word. What time are you on till? Yeah. <laughs> backseat, like, no idea what's going on. Oh. But then somehow this guy literally like crazy taxi going into the hard shoulder, weaving in and out of cars the entire way. Like literally like a scene from like a fast and furious movie gets me there. I think it's like 10 minutes until the flight. I'm like, how the hell have I got there on time? Lucky to get there on time. Yeah. I think in the end it took like 15 minutes to get there. I get out of the car and he's like, the guy's like $50. And I'm like, yeah, here you go, mate. Here you go. Cheers. Again, like it probably would have cost like, 20 bucks at most yeah but yeah what an experience get me there <laughs> get get to the uh get to the airport and uh the flight was delayed anyway oh happy days flight was delayed by an hour so oh, nice. luckily got there in time <laughs> they put me in a wheelchair to go through and uh yeah got through in the end but oh, that's mad that's 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 a great story and if anyone's listening who's about to go through this process don't do what Max did. Make sure you bring your I-20 with you at all times. Say, say your I-20. I, I forgot my I-20 one time. I picked up my old St. Catherine one instead of my midway one, and I was trapped in that little room for a bit as well. There's nothing worse, mate. Like, you, you sat in there just, just bricking it like, oh, my God, what have I done? It, yeah, it's bad. And I think even even when uh, the whole midway St. Catherine happened, coming back into the country, my uh, they they thought my I-20 was fake as well. Really, and I had to explain to them, yeah, my previous school was shut down. Yeah, and and they were like, "What are you on about?" I was like, "Yeah, my school was in debt and they closed down." They're like, "Nah, you're joking," and like had to be like fe- like straight face, like, "Yeah, my school closed down." And it was like, "Yeah, right, sit down and we'll check it out." Yeah, I was like, "What moment to do here?" Like, you telling me I'm lying? My school shut down. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're, luckily they're like- it worked out. When you when you get through, then like you, you genuinely get interrogated, aren't you? Like I've had times where I've been interrogated, and I've had times where the guys literally just been like, "Yeah, go on." Next it one. all depends. It all depends how their day's been so far, really. Yeah, yeah. If they've had a good day, then you're fine. If they've had a bad day, then you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, there's been there's been times where I've been stood in a line in there for like three hours in in Atlanta, man. Like three hours, I was stood in there. There was like three people taking a whole flight from Manchester. It was like, what are you doing? I think of like a flight from France or something to come in just at that same time as well. Um, so, so that it was kind of, kind of, you, you kind of answered my question previously, but like what kind of advice uh, would you give to someone coming, like coming out to America in terms of, um, in terms of how, how would you have done something differently? I guess is, is what I'm trying to ask. Um, I think for me, the whole, make sure you're doing your research into things, Um, making sure you speak to your coach, try and um, see if the coach that you're speaking to can give you players who had played for him or people that have been to that school. Yeah. They can speak to them, kind of ask them questions. I think I spoke to, um, to Jessup quite a bit before I came out here. Obviously I think I spoke to you a few times. Yeah. You speak to people that are either going to the college or, or are there right now, just making sure that they, kind of tell you about things and you kind of know what to expect before you come out of here. Yeah. Um, just making sure really that you do as much research as possible um, whilst also not coming in with too many expectations. Yeah. That's probably the other thing as well. I think people do miss home being out here and it does help being with people who, again, are in the same situation as you. If maybe if I had gone to another university and there'd been maybe not no English guys over there and it's like a whole American team, might have been a different situation, but obviously, luckily, having people in the same situation as you helps out massively. Yeah. Um, but really, just doing research into things, 
making sure you kind of know what to expect, but also let kind of things happen, like go with the flow, don't expect too much. And yeah, again, the, a big thing, I know a lot of people do miss their parents and stuff like that. Yeah. But a case is that uh, at some point you're going to have to kind of grow up and move away from home anyway. Yeah. The main thing is like, again, most Americans who do go to college still struggle with that as well, even though they're in the same country. Yeah. And a lot of guys did go home like nearly every other weekend. Mm-hmm. That's the thing you can't have like, have over here. Yeah. Um, so again, still make sure you keep in contact with people. Like again, I, I still do. I got my parents nearly probably every week or so. Yeah. Make sure you're still speaking to people, but again, making sure you kind of do fully integrate yourself with, uh, with the college and kind of American life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's some really good advice. Yeah. Some, it's a really good point. It's, uh, it's one of them things where you've just got to kind of, you've just got to bite the bullet and just go for it. And, and yeah, you're going to miss home and things, but if you schedule up like a weekly FaceTime with your parents, it makes things easier. But we were lucky, like you said, like having a bunch of guys in the same boat, um, and we, we got through it together. We, we made sure we had our fun and we made sure we, we took things seriously at the same time and we, we, we got ourselves through it. So I think we, I think we were lucky in that sense. Um, but, but at this point, what I want to do is kind of wrap things up. And this is the, the fun part that we're going to put into every po- podcast and it's going to cause a little bit of controversy and that's what I intended to do. Um, so we want to go through um, your all-time College 11. So I know I mentioned this to you um, before we spoke so you, you probably have it um set I, up i got it written down yeah it was yeah, uh it yeah. was some tough decisions in there yeah yeah so so start me out with the goalkeeper who have you gone gone for with a goalkeeper so goalkeeper honestly goalkeeper was one of the toughest decisions for me yeah um in the end i went with christian yeah. off uh off basically kind of ability alone yeah. um but the other one who was kind of close to christian was cj yeah yeah CJ. Uh, again cj was um was kind of like a, uh, again, similar to Ashley was kind of like a, not, I'm not saying a father figure, but a senior who helped, helped out a lot of us English guys and um, definitely, kind definitely. of there if anyone needed help. And again, a bit, bit disappointing only having him in goal for one year, but he still was a quality keeper. But for me, I think Christian takes it over him. Yeah. Your stuff like pure ability alone and Christian, oh, some of the saves he made were like, unreal. Some of the saves Christian make was was unbelievable, and we'll we'll definitely get Christian on the podcast. Yeah, he's a good lad as well, so we'll definitely get him on. So, so we've gone for we're in, gone for Christian in goal. So we've got the uh, the defense now. How many have you got in the back? Back. So basically, formation. I kind of gone uh, essentially a four four two proper <laughs> proper English formation four four two. Back four. I've gone with Nelson, De Castro, yeah, Ross Brown. Harry Kerwin and uh, one of Reece Saunders as yeah. the back four there. Love that, love that. Um, yeah, it was a, honestly, it was a tough one in the back line. Again, there's a few players that kind of could have gotten in there. I think obviously playing with you as a centre-back the entire four years was um, was a big reason why you're in there as well. And it would have been nice to have Ross yeah, kind of with us together all four years as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, honestly, it was tough at the back line. And obviously, I know Reese kind of was a, uh, a centre-back, but it was kind of tough to kind of squeeze yeah, into yeah, that yeah. back line. Yeah, um, again, again, Nelson, Nelson on his day, just such a technical player and like, yeah, but he was one of those people who kind of just turned it on and off. Like he knew, you, you look at him, you think this guy's the laziest guy. Oh, I used but, to get on him so much. But when he, so much. Yeah, but yeah. when he when he turned it on, it, he was on real man. Like beat, beating a player, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like second to none. Like again, this natural talent, natural ability. Yeah, definitely. Um, In training when he was on, like you couldn't get near him, could you? Yeah. So four in the midfield. Who have you gone for? So midfield, I've gone with uh, going Marvin, 
Yeah. Joe um, Jessup, Marvin, Marvin Vesselberg, Joe Jessup, gone with Kimpy in there as well, and Brad. Those nice. are my four, my four midfield. midfield. Yeah. Strong midfield. Again, with Kim, I didn't know whether to put him in defence or midfield, but again, he kind of moved up to midfield, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, later on, did well there. You put him anywhere, really, can't you? Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, strong midfield there. Um, and that's the thing, like, like, having all these guys together at one time would have been amazing, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That probably was a kind of that's probably one thing about playing in America is that you kind of I've got to kind of let players go and it's kind of it is tough. Cyclical, isn't it? You kind of yeah. go through the cycle of things and you could be good for three years and then lose all your good players and have to start again. Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, no midfield. I think again for me, like um, obviously having Marvin for the first few years was great. Then obviously having Jesse for three, yeah. And obviously Brad or four. Like again, it's just a a very uh, a very English. 11 yeah um but i think like yeah all, all solid players in there yeah definitely definitely so you've gone for two up top who, who's, who's made the cut up there gone for obviously gone for myself here oh, put myself in there. in there put myself in there <laughs> to, to be fair though there wasn't many other strikers no, we, no. you always play with one up top and then the other one i've gone with ashley no brainer no yeah brainer. again he helped me he helped me out massively yeah. especially freshman year yeah. like supplying me with goals and assists stuff like that did you so, win awards yeah. your freshman year? Yeah, freshman year. So freshman year, I think that's when I scored the most goals. Freshman year, I think first team or conference freshman year. Yeah, that's right. Um, first team or region. Um, but yeah, obviously Ashley held that massively, like being that kind of calm in like the four two three one. Yeah, yeah. He helped, he helped that massively. Again, Ashley's one of those players that kind of you could rely on him for a goal. And I think probably my favorite goal from him would have been the I think it was a free kick against Shawnee State. Oh yeah, like some of his some, in the same game. Yeah, the the infamous chicken dance. Chicken dance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, just again, if you gave him the ball, he could literally score some absolute like screamers. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, he led by with, example as well. Yeah, with that free kick, like you always kind of knew it was going in. But yeah, it was uh, he was an unreal player, really. Yeah. It was obviously annoying only playing for one year, but again, he helped all us guys out massively. I think. I bet he was annoyed that he couldn't play with us lot for longer as well. Because sounded like before we got there, it was it, like not to disrespect any of the guys that were there, but like they needed that injection of like the international guys to be able to compete in the conference. And I, and I think, in my opinion, the the guys that were there enjoyed it a lot more when we got there because maybe not for the playing aspect of things, but they got to be a part of a team that was. Yeah, was, no, definitely. And I I think it again, if you look at every team that we played against that were like better. They were, I'm not saying American players aren't as good, yeah. but again, for most Americans, again, they don't want to go NAIA. Most yeah. Americans, if they're half decent, they want to go to like an NCAA school because it's all about the name of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so again, the bet teams we did play against were, were all full of internationals. Yeah, yeah. Again, you look at the likes of like Lindsey Wilson, Raya Grand, West Virginia Tech. I think you could probably count on one hand the amount of Americans they had on all those three teams. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. especially Lindsey Wilson having what one one American guy and it being the coach's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. the thing. Like, it's just internationals after internationals. Even Campbellsville, I remember, yeah. had um, international guys on their JV team. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I find crazy. Really, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I so, think... So, one final question for you, mate. Who was the hardest team you ever played against? Hardest team ever played against? Probably, for me, I would say Lindsay Wilson. Yeah, Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay Wilson, I think, probably the first time I played against... Um, um, again, f for me, they were just big, yeah, like big guys, and it? it's just like, you can't compete with that. Like guys, and especially Lindsey Wilson, a lot of those guys weren't just like twenty-one, twenty-two. A lot of them were older as well. 
Yeah, they played played about a bit. Obviously, they? like you had the likes of Alexi in there, who was what yeah. twenty five a senior year. Yeah, stuff like that. And again, their defenders were big. Yeah, like yeah. big guys, and they were just a hard team to play against. Yeah, they were they were solid. They and they were obviously in our conference for the first two years. So yeah, we didn't have any hiding hiding against them? We had, we had to play them, but I think we did all right against them. Uh, freshman year, I think we I think we held our own, and then I think maybe we slipped a little bit when we played them late later years, but. Yeah, no, again, it was tough against them. I think we obviously raised our game that first year when we played against them. And yeah. again, it kind of, it, it does change when obviously when we went from freshmen all the way up to seniors, you kind of have to be that leader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially freshman year, we, we did well against them. But it, it is tough, obviously, when you lose kind of big leaders in the team, the kind of people have got to step up to that like leadership role. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we had some guys that really did that. And I think, I think we're lucky. We had a very unique college experience, but we're very lucky in the way that everything turned out. I think. I think we we had a good set of lads. We had. I think what we had was a really good uh, balance of the college life and the soccer life. I think. I think we were we were lucky to get in some of the positions we did, um, but we we reveled in it. We enjoyed it. We made the most of it, and then we we did the same off the field as well. So no, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So so this is kind of wrapping things up. Have you got any other kind of things you want to mention before we before we head out? Um, to be fair, I think. I'm trying to think of a of a one of my favourite stories. To be fair, non kind of soccer related, but I would say one of the ones up there. I can't remember if you were there or not. Involves Jacob Rekirk. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're. Do you remember this one here? The um, exactly. the the Halloween pumpkin story. Oh no, I'm on about a different story. But yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Jake, Jacob Rekirk was involved in plenty of a. Uh, <laughs> of shenanigans went went on kind of freshman and sophomore year. What a guy! He's about but to get dad. Really? Yeah, yeah. So the the main one for me was um, freshman year. I think there was a uh, little shindig at Kevin's house. Again, there was probably nearly every every other week or so. Yeah. Um, and we were. I think I can't remember who it was exactly. I know it was me, Ashley, and um, Ross. And I can't remember who the the other person was. It might have been Marvin. I can't remember entirely. Or Mar- Marvin G. I can't remember. Um, so actually, no, it might have been Brad. Actually, I think it was Brad. It was Brad. No, I know yeah, exactly what the story yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it was Brad. It was Brad. It was Brad. So the four of us walk in, um, and obviously we're just walking along Springfield. Again, Springfield at like 2, 3 a.m. is quiet as anything. Get you. So before that, Jacob Ricketts with us. The uh, I think the mayor, the mayor of Springfield has got three kind of pumpkins, but like pumpkin people. Yeah. So each pumpkin person has got like three or four pumpkins that make up a person. Um, again, Jacob just didn't care what he did, but um, he essentially rugby tackled all three of them, smashed the pumpkins to bits, and then legged it and ran off whilst we're like on the other side of the road just watching like, what the hell are you doing? So that happens. Yeah. Um, we keep walking down the street. Casual. And then uh, like a police car goes by. And obviously, obviously, it's at two or three a.m. in the morning. There's no one else about. The police cars, like lights going off, and like they go by slowly, and all four <laughs> of us just walk, keep walking, like no, like we don't see them. Yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously, they're slowing down for us. Yeah. So we keep walking slowly. Um, they're like, stop, stop, and we're like, we turn around, like, oh, you mean us? <laughs> so we're all there, and like they they start speaking. Us, oh, we've um, they're like, get get in the car, put your hands here, and then we're like. 
what the hell is going on here? Like, I'm speaking of Ross, I don't want to go home. I don't want to get deported. I haven't been here that long. Yeah. Um, So what happened is that we we didn't know what Jacob had done. But again, I think it was the mayor of Springfield. He'd like vandalized his property. And because we obviously the only people at like 3 a.m. in the morning walking around Springfield. Yeah. That it they assumed it was us and we're like, how it wasn't us. It was um we were like we had to say we were like it's Jacob Rika who did it. Because yeah, we yeah. don't want to get in trouble ourselves for this. And they were like, where, where does he live? <laughs> like again, we had to like bring him back. But I think we got back to the house and I I think he might have legged it. I think he might have legged it. So they didn't catch you. I remember I remember this story because I was with you when we when we went out at like two in the morning, he he did it. And you all went the other direction and I, I completely bricked it. Yeah, I think I you just, went back. Didn't I you? ran back to the house. So I got back to the house and the house was locked. Um, and I'm on the back porch, just like literally sat there. Um, and all the next thing I know, something comes around the corner. It's a cop with a flashlight just flashing it at me like, show us your hands. I'm like, oh my God. And they thought I was Jacob. And I'm like, no, that's not me. That's not me. I've just been, just been sitting here. I'm locked out. And- <laughs> crazy time that's so funny that's so funny but yeah that that was a that was a uh it was an interesting one yeah yeah that's um any others to be fair there was so one more i've got is the um there was a i think there was a party up in there i think it's called aquinas yeah um in like brandon i can't remember who else was in that room marvin brandon marvin joe. yeah joe and it might have been it was actually in that room or was he yeah. in the oh, was it room? freshman year it was yeah freshman year yeah yeah so having a little uh little party up there and I think the um, obviously the old RA is knocking on the door, oh. um, and we're all like, like, what, what the hell do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And uh, Brandon was right. All right, get in my bed, get in my bed, and I throw on my clothes on top of you. <laughs> Brandon, throw. I'm lying, lying, literally like, it's like a like a pencil in the bed, like a little stick. Brandon throws all his clothes off the ground onto the bed, and. Um, one of the, I think, it, who was who was the RA that the bold one, the bold one, the Chris, big bold Chris Owens. Chris Owens. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> um, comes in the room and again, I'm just like underneath the covers, all these clothes top of me. Comes in the room and then walks back out. I think must this must have gone on for like probably twenty to tw- twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah, I got caught that day. Yeah, you got caught. I got away with it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you, Brandon. But yeah, I got away with it because uh, Brandon covered me with his clothes. Yeah, I got no. caught in the bathroom with like four girls. Yeah, who is now Christoph's girlfriend? One of them. <laughs> not, yeah, so, not that I was with her; she was just one of the people in there. Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I was one of the lucky ones that time. I was, yeah. I was lucky then. Yeah, that's that. That well, to to put into a little bit of perspective, um, you're not allowed to really drink on campus in many American colleges. By all means, that happens. Um, but but if you get caught, there's there's repercussions, obviously. And that one I remember very well. It got a little bit rowdy. There was way too many people in there, and um, most people did get a nice little fine after that. So. That wasn't the uh, the same one with Marvin, was it? Uh, yeah, it was the same one with Marvin. Yeah, where Marvin's <laughs> the one his clothes off. But I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to go any further into that one. <laughs> it was a naked protest. Let's put it at that one. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was one of the first times we had a party with all the, the team as well, wasn't it? So yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Any others? Um, I mean, it's a few kind of little ones. Those are, I mean, for me, those are probably like highlights of them. Yeah, like yeah the freshman yeah. year, like first semester, there was um, kind of a lot of things that stood out. Yeah, definitely. 
definitely what, that, that's the first things. original memories the freshman year and all that the first time all that kind of stuff happens you'll always remember it won't you yeah um yeah. but yeah i think if there's been a few from spring break nothing like that i can remember yeah i mean even like freshman year the the whole chili bowl yeah. case when me and ross tried cutting each other's hair and yeah again ended up looking like a, a chili bowl yeah. which is what i imagine most people look like right now trying to get people to cut their hair in there the lockdown thing yeah, the quarantine haircut. I, I still can't believe that I uh, I let Ross cut my hair, and I still can't believe he let me cut his. Cut his. True, Because um, they were shocking. Looking back at now, they were absolutely shocking. Yeah. Proper ice gem. Oh. And then you, then you went for the same haircut. I didn't go for the same haircut. I ended <laughs> up with the same haircut. So on spring break... Ended up the same haircut. Yeah, I had a few many shandies, and I ended up with the chili bowl haircut. Um, apparently. I don't remember why. What Apparently. Um, that's that's what happened. But anyway, mate, it's been it's been brilliant catching up with you. I've really enjoyed it. Cheers for coming on the podcast for the first guest. No, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, no worries, mate. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, people listen. We've been going on for a while, so hopefully, people are still engaged. But I've enjoyed it anyway, so I don't really care. No, I appreciate you having me, mate. And again, it's been uh, good speaking about kind of these past times and uh, kind of reliving a few of these things. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we, we we get to reminisce a little bit, and it's good fun and. And hopefully you've caused a few stirs with that uh, 11 as well. That's what I'm hoping for with some of the lads. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. All right, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Take care.